What is up, everybody? Second Fight Game podcast in two days. As promised, we have the pod squad here. Uh, so let me introduce everybody because there's a story around all the people in this uh, in this podcast right now. So you see Jeremy up and to the right, and you see Ryan Drosty, you see Ben Cruz, and we all met while doing podcasts for Blue Wire. Ryan still does. Ryan and I still do podcasts for Blue Wire. I have uh, a couple different networks through Blue, Blue Wire, but that's how we met Ben and Jeremy. And we decided, you know, we haven't done this before. We've been talking about doing this four-person pod for years, and it was time. The time was now. We're going to do a little year-end review, do some 2023 predictions and such. So let's introduce everybody. You saw Ben and Jeremy with me not too long ago. They came back as the twosome from uh, the Two Jabronis podcast. So, Jeremy, what is up? And I know it's a little bit later for you, so thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, I am surprised I'm still awake at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's 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 getting a little warmer in Minnesota, so it's it's good. It's a balmy 32 degrees, so, you know, oh, it's short no. weather. <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> that is a hard pass. I can't believe you're awake, too. You're so washed. <laughs> so washed. <laughs> I, I hit 8 o'clock, and I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Uh, and so Ben Cruz, b- below me here in the quadrant, uh, Ben, uh, people, uh, people know you from two jabronis. Also, you are a, uh, podcast, uh, you're a podcast manager is your title at the ringer. Correct. That is, that is correct. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm over there now. Also a uh, double G you forgot to, you forgot to mention this group chat is also the number one fans of the upcoming <laughs> Vegas yes. Vipers in the yes. XFL. That's, that's, that's that the is, team we've, we've picked. That is actually the name of our group chat. Uh, so <laughs> never forget that everyone who's watching. So the reason why I mentioned where Ben, uh, where Ben is working is because he was in, in an editorial piece recently on the ringer writing about chess of all things for remembering right. the year of 2022. I'm pivoting. Uh, I'm going to start a chess podcast, uh, everything <laughs> chess related. I'm your guy. And uh, it, all it took was a, a sex toy related chess scandal to get me fully in. So uh, if you haven't read, read read my piece yet, I'm not just dropping sex toy for no reason. Read the piece. It's on the ringer. 52 best sports, favorite sports moments of 2022. And that was mine uh, because I'm a weirdo. You know, the thing that gets me is... Uh... When the ringer does stuff on Instagram and they're like getting a reaction out of something, and I immediately go and it's like, oh yeah, Bill Simmons is 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 Twitter uh, quote is is in there first, but I just quickly scroll. I'm I'm looking for Ben, and I've seen Ben a couple times, so he's in. He he's been in some of those posts. I, I got in there once. I think it was during the Warriors playoff run. Uh, I, I think that was just by default because <laughs> I'm the only probably the only one of the <laughs> ringer who likes the Warriors. So yeah, they're uh, the enemy I for everybody lucky. else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and then Ryan Drosty, Top Rope Nation. He's been with me a couple different times. Uh, you've seen him on uh, We're Live, pal, as well with uh, me and Andrew Zarian. And yeah, I know you've done Wrestling Observer Live with Andrew Zarian. So uh, long time friend of of all things uh, fight game here so ryan thanks uh, thanks for joining us yeah and, and garrett we've traveled to some pay-per-views together AEW shows jeremy i didn't meet up with you at full gear last year but i, I think i saw you from a distance in the <laughs> venue when you told me when your seat where your seat was yeah <laughs> so ben you're the you're the odd man out hopefully we can get together 
look, man, Mania LA, make it happen. It's yeah. warm. It's 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 a beautiful. I don't know if it's beautiful. I've never actually been to that stadium, but I hear good things. So uh, come out. We'll uh, we'll we'll hang out, man. We'll we'll do the in person thing. And well, I want to quickly wait. Just, well, just, just say, real speaking quick. of warm, speaking of warm, I am just south of Jeremy in Iowa. So the tropics here. We hit a balmy oh. forty degrees today. There you go. So yes, definitely <laughs> shorts weather here in the Midwest. I don't know. I don't know what both of you are doing. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> there you go. Oh, just I wanted to shout out quickly the folks in the chat. Uh, we're going to go over some awards and, and such. And uh, if you have any comments, uh, throw your comments in there. We may post them. We may discuss them. Uh, so let's get it going. So before we before we talk about the, the first uh, the first award of the year, I just kind of want to know flavor favorite ter- uh, Terramana style. What, what is your oh. go to when, when you get Terramana silver, gold? On Yeho, like what's what's the one? Uh, I, I'm a silver guy personally. It was the first one. Oh no, Blanco. Sorry, Blanco. Uh, sorry, sorry, Dwayne. It, I, <laughs> it was the first one that that he uh, he showed on yeah. Instagram, and it just it stuck with me. Uh, I like the other ones too. Uh, all all beautiful bottles. I'm a shill for everything Terramana and the rock related. Yeah. If there's a if there's a Black Adam Terramana bottle out there somewhere, <laughs> I will go to the depths of the universe to find that thing. But yeah, I'm a, I'm you would a be the guy. one. I would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be okay. The one. So, so when it comes to Terramana and when it comes to the Rock's Instagram, I feel like once every two weeks he's pouring a glass of Terramana. Do you feel like it's silver or the Reposado that that he goes to more? I think it depends on what pairs with his cheat meal. There you go. Day, there you right? go. Right. So I think if it's actual hot food, I think he goes with the blanco. If he's doing that weird French toast pancake thing, <laughs> he goes reposado or anejo. So uh, there you go. Uh, I think it just depends on, on how Dwayne's feeling. I I'm definitely going uh, on yeho. Uh, it is oh, the one that is the that. hardest to find. Yeah. yeah, it's still frosty. I had a little bit left, so I'm just going to keep it near me. But yeah, it's the hardest one to find. So whenever I see it, I I immediately grab it. But like like Ben said, uh, all, they're all they're all really good. Ryan, what's your go to? Yeah, I got the Reposado here. I oh, uh, we have three different ones. Yes, yeah. I've actually never seen that one, Garrett, in the store. I, it's hard to find. It, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, found I'm... it at Total Wines originally, oh, yeah. and then just recently they've been stocking it at my local Safeway. So I think I'm good for finding nice. it now. Nice. All right, Jeremy, I know you. I see water. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking water. <laughs> Straight vodka. Yeah. yeah. Jer- uh, <laughs> Jeremy has then, a, a fear of tequila. Let's just. Yes. Hey, yeah. that, it's all good. Te- tequila is, is what ha- is the drink that gets me in trouble. Um, oh. So Ben's, Ben's definitely seen me drink tequila way too much. And so um, I stay away from it scene. as much as possible. <laughs> all right, we're going to start. Ha- we're going to start hard and heavy here. Uh, Wrestler of the year in 2022. Uh, I feel like there are three tippy top candidates, but you guys may have more. Uh, obviously, Roman Reigns, uh, John Moxley, guys who have been champions for a lot of the year for their respective companies. Uh, if you follow New Japan and you follow uh, the UK scene, Will Ospreay has had a tremendous year, and he and Kenny may have. Uh, the match of the year quality 2023 right out of the gate next week. And there's other folks. Like, I feel like if Cody Rhodes doesn't get injured, he's kind of on that list. Uh, 
Um, if CM Punk doesn't kind of break down mid mid year, he's probably on that list as well. Some may have MJF. Some may have enjoyed the the uh, the jokes uh, of Seth Rollins. So let's just start. I'll start with you, Jeremy. Uh, give me your wrestler of the year. I think Roman is the obvious choice, but for me, when I look at wrestler of the year, it's it's in the ring, but also like what are they doing to keep me entertained mm-hmm. and keep me coming back because of so much. There is so much um, content out there, and for me, it's Sami Zayn. Uh, there you go. I haven't been this entertained watching somebody in a long time when it comes to wrestling and Sami Zayn is just, he is taking his, his, uh, his skills to the next level. Um, he has made the bloodline super entertaining, much, much are uh, there must see TV. And so for me, it's Sami Zayn. I think Roman's right there. I think Seth Rollins is there. I do agree. If Cody doesn't get injured, I think he's in the conversation for sure. I do think his, his return now, um, probably for the rumble will be even bigger than his return for, for mania. And so, um, I, I think Sammy is, is, is my lead for AEW. I would look at MJF. I think what he's done, um, in, in the wake of the CM Punk fiasco, I think he's been fantastic. His, his return, um, the whole ordeal with his contract situation was, was very entertaining as well. And so I, I think he has kind of cemented himself as the A plus player at AEW. And I think Sammy Zane could be, uh, somebody that could su- make some surprise, uh, can come out with some surprise wins in 2023 and maybe even get a title. So uh, I love Sami Zayn. All right. I, I will ask uh, Ryan and then Ben, and I'll, I'm just going to populate some of the answers that we have going on in the chat, but Ryan, go for it. Yeah. I'm looking at match quality and also importance to the company overall. And for me, just because so many things like crazy things happened in AEW this year, that there was, there was one guy who kind of kept them on track through all the madness. And it's John Moxley for me, you know, he had just unbelievable matches all year, uh, you know, early in the year with Danielson and then a grand slam with Danielson or with Jericho up in your neck of the woods, Jeremy quake by the lake. You know, uh, Tanahashi at the New Japan show, uh, you know, even the punk match wasn't bad at uh, at all all out. So I just I just feel like, you know, they had to go back to him throughout the summer. You know, then they have the brawl and then they have to go back to him again. He kept things in line. I thought he was a great champion under really, really difficult circumstances and uh, was that kind of constant force at the top of the card for them when with, with all that stuff happening, you know, Maybe the company did take a step back at different times for sure, <laughs> but it could have been a lot worse if you didn't have John Moxley there to pick up the torch. So for me, it's John Moxley. Uh, all right. So we have one for Sammy, one for Mox. Ben, I, I, I think I know where Ben's going here, but I'll let you go. I'm going to pick The Rock. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so my head says Roman Reigns. My heart says Seth Rollins. And mm. I'm going with my heart for this answer. And I think I just think like he had an incredible 2022 and dare I say it was almost underrated. I mean, the storytelling aspect with this dude and, and was was off the charts and and his incredible in-ring work. I mean, this dude kicks off the year with that with that feud against Roman leading into the Rumble, right? And then it playing all those head games with Roman and doing the shield entrance. Uh, and then they have a great match, obviously a shitty ending, right? Uh, which what, kind of put a damper on that mm-hmm. big bummer. And then he moves on to the, you know, I don't have a match storyline heading into mania. 
and then it's Cody's first opponent upon his return. Then he has two banger, two more bangers yep. with Cody, right? Yep. And obviously includes the infamous now Hell in a Cell match where Cody's peck is freaking hanging off his yeah. chest. Yeah. Uh, and he and then he loses all three matches, by the way, right? Like, and and no one thinks anything less of him. It, he's 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 like Teflon at this point. The losses kept stacking up, and you're like, I, I, you know, on some level, could you dislike the the laughing and and the the outrageous suits? Probably pretty impressive that he didn't double up on any of these suits. But what what really kind of put it over for me? It, it, it really wasn't you know the Riddle feud or or the U.S. title reign. It, it was it was the one thousand percent organic shift from being kind of that shit eating grin <laughs> heel to being a, just a super over baby face right he he was getting these incredible face reactions as what was supposed to be you know a heel and obviously you know his entrance song helps right you, you can kind of sing along with with all that but i mean the way that that triple h and and everyone else kind of pivoted because of just how over this dude was uh, I mean, it was just, it was just incredible, and and I'm trying to remember like the, the last kind of wrestler or performer to do that so organically, and I was having a tough time trying to figure it out. And I would love to know if you guys had any that I'm missing. But I was like, is it was it the Shield <laughs> when it was the three of them uh, to kind of do that same thing? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm missing someone, but that, that's why Seth is my guy. Well, I mean, th- there's a theme. It's bloodline slash Shield related here, and. It's kind of a good story and shows the talent of all of all those guys. I'm probably going to lean Moxley, but Roman Reigns is right there for me. I know Roman Reigns is going to get a lot of crap, especially from from this audience. I shouldn't say this audience. I, I would say the the F4W Wrestling Observer sort of audience. Um, our podcast audience might be a little bit different because John and I, uh, uh, I, I would say John and I are a little bit more harsh on AEW than than most people on this website, but at the end of the day, Roman is like, he's the money. He's the draw. He, he, he can move TV ratings. He doesn't even have to wrestle. And he really didn't wrestle this year. Uh, right. But, but going to, to what Ryan said, uh, I think Moxley was, uh, w- was so valuable for AW because of all the chaos. And he was like, just the rock. He was the constant. Let's go back. We go back to the rock. He's the constant in AEW when it's just like, Oh, Something happened. We need a guy. It's Mox. We trust him. And it could have very well been Jericho, too, right? Jericho mm-hmm. was sort of right there with Moxley, but they just didn't put the world title on Jericho. He got the ROH title. And the one thing about what Ben said about Seth Rollins, from a TV wrestling perspective, if you count up all of the best matches on WWE TV, like he's in a lot of them, especially on yeah. television, on Raw. Uh, ben and I were at live at Raw um, in San Jose, and we saw him have a really fun match with Bobby Lashley. And when you go to live wrestling, especially sitting as close as, as we sat, thank, you know, shout out Ben for for those seats. The uh, you kind of you, it, it's very easy to like start like picking at, at the actual work. And both of those guys are awesome. So the match was really fun and and also, but yeah, Seth Rollins super valuable for WWE TV, especially when their top guy Roman Reigns doesn't really wrestle that much. Okay, let's uh, let's go to this next question here, and uh, talk match of the year. Match of the year for me, I'll just go first because I'll get mine out of the way. I love 
staying up all night for Wrestle Kingdom. I've done it probably, I would say, the last four or five years. And the last couple of years was hard because they were doing two Wrestle Kingdoms every uh, every year. Uh, I still haven't seen a better match than Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay from uh, Wrestle Kingdom last year. There's, But there was a lot of really good matches this year. So to say that amongst all of the ones that I really loved, and my second place match is sort of uh, different from, from that first place because it was all the emotion. And someone mentioned it already. Cody's peck hanging off the side of his chest. There was a realism and a, a emotional piece to that match that you can't really get because of how crazy that injury is. And so that would probably be second. Like if I was doing my list, those would be the top two. And that second match is not really for the work. It, it was fine. Hell in the Cell is, is really a, a terrible stipulation these days. But just the drama and the real-life drama from that match. So those are my first two. But I, I, I got to go Kata Osprey. Let's go reverse here. Let's go uh, Ben first. So, I mean, this, this one was tough for me. I, I almost picked Anarchy in the Arena. Uh, it, was, it was that close. I'll be honest. I almost picked Reigns, Logan Paul. I, I just <laughs> I got really close. Fantastic. But I'm, I'm, I'm applying to renew my Smart Mark card for 2023, <laughs> so I, I didn't want to piss people off. That match was it. awesome. I don't care what anybody it says. Was, it was fantastic. Uh, ultimately, I landed here. I landed on Bloodline. Versus Braun Brutes, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre, War Games, War Games. Survivor Series. Uh, I mean, the match itself was, you know, it was solid. It, it was pretty good. It wasn't the best War Games match um, that I've seen. But I thought what really sold it for me was, it was just the storytelling, man. Like, I, 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 it's still, that still gets me, even as, as jaded as I am, kind of watching this thing and as much wrestling as I've seen in my life. But... I mean, going to this match and then what actually happened in that match itself from a storytelling perspective. I mean, the who's going to betray who thing w- w- with Sammy was just incredible. I mean, Jeremy talked about this earlier, the work that Sammy's just done kind of with the bloodline. And then, I mean, the storytelling moments in that match specifically, they're just embedded in my brain. I mean, just Reigns stopping Jimmy from exiting the holding mm-hmm. area, right? And then sending Sammy in to help uh, to help Jay and then Sammy preventing KO from for, from getting the win, and then him low blowing KO, and then the hug with Jay. So it it was just the obviously it's not the end of the story. It was just another chapter, and it just felt like just some chef's kiss long term storytelling mm-hmm. that was executed kind of to perfection, almost to perfection. Uh, so that that was for me just kind of. Really, really did for me that that match, uh, War Games Survivor Series 2022. All right, Ryan. Yeah, really tough. I will say that I haven't kept up with New Japan this much or that much this year as I normally would. So I'm sure there's some great New Japan matches that I didn't see uh, that could rank highly. So I kind of looked at the whole package, the storyline, the drama. WWE wise, it for me is the Hell in a Cell with Seth and Cody for sure. Um, I also considered FTR and Briscoe's the first one, which was an awesome, awesome match. But for me, yeah. and I told you guys off air, I, I went back and watched it again tonight to confirm that this is my match of the year. It's the dog collar match from Revolution with Punk and MJF. That match is just, I mean, an emotional roller coaster. The whole storyline, the promos leading up to it. 
Uh, it still might be MJF Punk the feud of the year, but certainly if we would have had Punk in the build the full gear like they had originally planned to drop yeah. the belt to, yeah. to MJF, I mean, it would have put it over the top. But what they already did with the other matches and then this one in particular, you get the callback to Ring of Honor, Punk coming out wearing the same gear style that he wore for the Raven dog collar match from 03. You get the AFI theme song. I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, it was so good. And the way that they, like the ring was mic'd, you could hear the, the chain clanging around so perfectly, the violence. It wasn't, you know, in today's day and age, you get the high spots in the constant go, go, go. That's not the style. It was an old school, violent, dramatic match. So you didn't have the crowd popping so loudly throughout but they were emotionally invested for the sheer horror of what they were watching, <laughs> you know, with that blood and punk bleeding. I mean, this and uh, the Cody Dustin match are the bloodiest, right? The bloodiest matches in AEW history for sure. And, and this one, I mean, just over the top. Plus, then you've got Wardlow factoring into the finish and that long running storyline between him and MJF, too. Tim, it's it's definitely the dog collar for me. I I loved every bit of this. I love the build. I love the match. Yeah, there's better matches, like technically speaking, probably. Oh, for sure there were. But as a, an entire picture for me, that's my match of the year. Matthew Matthew Burrell's quote uh, about uh, the Stardom show from last night. Matthew, if I if I could have, uh, I should have got Scott Edwards on this show. Your boy, our boy Scott Edwards, and he would have he would have given us uh, some of the best uh, in, in in Stardom. All right. Jeremy, go for it. <clears throat> the dog collar match was definitely up there for me. Um, and for the sake of being different, um, I'm going anarchy in the arena. Um, I love matches that are pure pure chaos. Um, and for me, that was the chef's kiss of, of, of chaos. Uh, I loved every second of it. I thought it was a, a very um, engaging way to kind of to get that feud going. Um, and then you can't beat that visual of Eddie Kingston coming down the ramp with the, <laughs> the gasoline. Uh, I think that and in the, um, the reveal of Cody's pack are like kind of the moments of the year for me, mm-hmm. um, that just kind of stand out. Like those are when I, when I think about wrestling in 2022, like those initially pop up. And then one that was really fun for me, that was kind of an underrated one because of the fact that we had seen it so many times and it was getting stale was the Roman Brock match at SummerSlam. I thought mm-hmm. that was really entertaining. I thought they found a way to take something that was extremely stale and make it, make it fresh and new. And, and also that moment of Brock having the, the tractor come out and, and lift the ring. I mean, I, from my perspective, sitting at home, I was like shocked at, at, at where this was going. So I thought that was really entertaining, but for me, the overall match of the year and the way and what kept me entertained was anarchy in the arena. I thought that was great. You know, the only problem with that match for me is I was watching it live and I imagine it was so much better on TV than it was live because I'm just like trying to pay attention to like all kinds of things going in different directions. And, uh, but everyone who watched it on the pay-per-view said how awesome it was. I was like, yeah, it was fun. And you know, the finish and it was crazy but I couldn't really get a sense of, of the entire thing that they were trying to put together, but no, all those are, are, are great picks. And, uh, and yeah, let's move on to media story of the year. Now I can think of, I can think of three off the top of my head, obviously the Vince McMahon stuff who, who, and, and maybe even the sub story of who, who's leaking all this stuff to the wall street journal there. Uh, and uh, then there's the um, CM Punk, 
uh, debacle, muffin gate, whatever you want to call it, that that story. <laughs> and I mean, I, w- I was there. I didn't stay uh, for the for the po- the press conference or I think they Tony calls them scrums, but it's a press conference because I don't like I don't like the press conference. That was one where I probably should have stayed to, to see what was going on. But, I, you know, just being there, that was crazy. Uh, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, I think what was a pretty giant story. Yeah. And then Austin coming back for WrestleMania was another pretty giant story. But uh, either of those four or another one that I may have missed. Uh, let's let's go back. Jeremy side. Uh, <clears throat> for me, it's CM Punk. Um, that was captivating from start to finish. And, and I mean, it, we're still kind of unwinding everything that that transpired there. But I think the the sheer like shock and awe of, of it kind of un- unraveling in real time during this press conference was um, was crazy to me. Um, and it's just, it's, it's wild to think that you have a guy in CM Punk who had been out of the game for so long, comes back and he's beloved and essentially is just like shooting himself in the foot while talking shit about everybody else. And now he's kind of public enemy number one. When you think about like wrestling, like people, aren't really excited about CM Punk anymore. And so it's just, it's, it, that was a crazy one. The Vince one is, is an obvious choice, but for me watching it in real time and see everything kind of unravel. And then also seeing Tony Khan's face and the memes that came out of it, where <laughs> like that was for me, that's the story of the year. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's to me, it's between that and Vince. I'll, I'll go with Vince to be different, but also, I mean, like you, Garrett, I was, I was two seats down from you at that show mm-hmm. and, I've done the press scrum thing before and I, it was like, I experienced it one time. And I was like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a long night. I also wish I had done it that night as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and it is one that like continues to drag on, right? Not that the Vince story doesn't, cause now you're hearing all oh, Vince. Does he want to come back to power? But you know, this, he's still under contract technically to AEW punk. And, you know, I know the odds are not great that they'll ever work it out, but there is that like dangling carrot of maybe just maybe they can make money off of this down the line. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's, people are going to continue to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon, let's be real. Who ever thought we would see Vince McMahon step down. I thought he would be there until he passed away. So uh, I will never forget hearing it that day because I was uh, about to head out with some friends it was the weekend of the tragos thez hall of fame here oh in yeah Ottawa. that's right yeah and uh here in my hometown so i was getting ready to go down to the wrestling museum you know seeing all the stars that were in town and everything and like vince mcmahon stepped <laughs> down and i immediately came down here and i did a solo pod for top rope nation just myself because nobody else was available to talk about it with just a chat room of people and i mean nobody could believe it and yeah i mean a lot of people were cheering because the of the state of the product over the previous several years. And now you're actually going to get a change. And yeah, there's the drama, like you said, Garrett, of who is leaking this information? Who could yeah. that possibly be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also I mean crazy like, that it, it was also crazy that that announcement came through Twitter. Like yes. for me, like that was like in that moment, I was like, this has to be fake. Like there's no way this is real. And mm-hmm. so like for, for an announcement that big in, in, um, and just the overall enormity of it when it comes to the entire wrestling sphere, like for that just to drop on Twitter felt really odd to me. It was also like, on was, a, 
It was also on a Friday afternoon. Yes. Yeah. You guys. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. when news stories go to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's when you leak something when you don't want it to be a big deal. Yes. And this happened yeah. to be the biggest deal <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling. So so to go to go back to what Ryan was saying though, just the the punk thing and, and when we were there, the night before Dave and I interviewed Tony Khan and Tony's basically saying like, yeah, this reality stuff, you know, we're kind of leaning into it because people, it, it's intriguing for people. And I, I, I have mentioned this on this podcast before, but my, the thing that I wish I would have done is I wish I would have followed up on that quote by saying, yeah, what would happen if like something went further than you guys really wanted it to do? Like, how, how like, are you anticipating that? And I, I kind of bummed out, you know, that I didn't do that. But you know, the the interview was 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 uh, what it wasn't. But it was interesting to hear him say, like, yeah, you know, we kind of lean into the the reality stuff because it's what what people are are interested in. And Dave was saying, yeah, you know, that's kind of how Brett and Sean sort of happened too. Like they leaned into it for you know that that whole end before Brett was leaving, and then obviously he got screwed. But uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, I will I'll say that was such an interesting listen. I listened to it in my car driving back the next day, and <laughs> hearing those quotes after yeah. that had just happened was wild, man. Yes. And I also want to say I am very sorry I didn't bring a big muffin down here because that would have been such a great bit. It was just eat a muffin while we were doing the show. Just to call, <laughs> to call back to that, yeah, I was... you had to like paint some blood on your face though, <laughs> right? Do you right. think? Do you think that? The memes that Jeremy was talking about of Tony Khan's face was him just remembering his answers in your interview. He's like, <laughs> he's like of all the times to I answer say? this yeah. question. Yeah. What, what what had happened was yeah. All right, uh, Ben, go for it. Uh, for me, it's Vince, man. I mean, and, th- and and this might be a selfish thing because I I I it's one of those moments where you remember where you were. Mm-hmm. I was literally on my couch about to get up and go to lunch with a friend. And I see the the news on Twitter, like Jeremy thought it was fake, because <laughs> this is pre Elon too. So yeah. I just I just thought it was fake, and then turns out it's not. I had to text my friend and say I'm gonna I'm gonna be like two hours late because <laughs> I need to figure out a reaction plan on how we're gonna handle this like on our side. Yeah, from a content side, right? Hell yeah. And, like, to your, like uh, to 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 Ryan's point. I had to gather people, you know, it was, it was, I think it was one o'clock West coast time. So it's four o'clock East yeah, coast time. But right. I'm texting people, producers, talent. Like, can we get a show? We have to get a show together. Yeah. And then it, it, it was, it was just also everything around. I mean, echoing Ryan, uh, Ryan's point earlier, you just assume we just kind of been conditioned to believe Vince was going to die in gorilla. Yeah. Right? Not, to, not to be too morbid, but that is how I assumed the end of Vince's reign would be in WWE. It was just, oh, Vince passed out in Gorilla, and Vince <laughs> kind of had to redo the show. So for him to just kind of quietly retire on a Friday afternoon after so actively trolling all of us, right? Remember when the accusations first came out? This man was on SmackDown yes. hours later mm-hmm. at the top of the show, popped the rating, said the WWE saying whatever, you know, then now forever hopped off the ring step and then went, went to the back, got all of us. And then he's gone just like that. It, it, it's something I'll never forget. 
uh, I'll never forget where I went to lunch after how I think my friend is still mad at me uh, <laughs> for delaying said lunch. So it, it, it was Vince for me and it wasn't even close. All right. Matthew has another comment. That sort of is my answer here in the wrestling bubble and sort of continuing uh, conversations within the wrestling bubble. It, it, it's a uh, punk because there are still repercussions to that. Uh, Dax did his great point. solo yeah. podcast. Um, and someone needs to help out with whoever's uh, doing the, the social media for that podcast. Cause the, the tweet was really bad. And, and I, like we do, we all do podcasts. So we kind of know how hard we have to work to make it sound good and to look good. And Dax is like, I'm just going to open up my laptop and press go and just start recording. I mean, he's got the, he's got the clout so he can do it. Good for him. But, um, in like outside, like real world perspective, because there was concerns about the WWE stock. There was concerns about, you know, Nick Khan, Triple H, Stephanie sort of working together as this like three headed monster uh, in Vince's role. Uh, and Vince is still trying supposedly to come back. And yet there is this person who clearly doesn't want him to come back, who is leaking information. Maybe that person just runs out of stuff to leak to the Wall Street Journal and Vince is like, aha, I outlasted you. Now I can come back because you have no no more information to, to leak out. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but uh, that 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 whole thing, there there are still repercussions uh, going into 2023 with, with where Vince stands. But I agree with Matthew. Within the bubble, it's punk. And sort of real-world perspective, it is Vince McMahon. Okay, so let's talk about major show of the year. So I'm not talking about your favorite Raw or Dynamite episode, uh, a PLE, a pay-per-view, uh, some some big show. What do you guys think? And we'll start we'll start with you, Ben. I mean, personally, for me, this is very much a personal one. It was SummerSlam this year because it was my first in-person pay-per-view or ple or whatever you want to call it so i got to experience it all for the first time as as a grown-ass man um and it was i mean the the card was solid right but part of the experience was uh so i got to i got to be there for in person for the return of bailey dakota Mm -hmm. kai and, and and eo and so, which was in, which was awesome to be a part of because I've, I'm a I'm a Bailey stan like she's from San Jose you know Garrett you and I are from San Jose so oh, yeah I'll always root for for the hometown person she was just but with the 49ers last weekend she was and that is the reason why George Kittle had a monster game because they, <laughs> they dapped up at the beginning of the game but uh, I'll I'll never forget how much I marked out for for those three returns and it it was the funniest thing because. So I, I'm sitting next to next to Sh- uh, David Shoemaker uh, during the Bianca Becky match, and the match finishes. I saw Becky get hurt, which was very like jarring to watch yeah. in person because I saw it, and then you kind of after the match you saw it roll out, and clearly in my head I was like, "Oh, she's hurt." She's like, "She's hurt for real." And then there's a gap, and Bailey's music hits. I go nuts, right? I'm like, I'm grabbing Shoemaker's shoulder, <laughs> like, a, like I'm nine. And then Dakota's music hits. I see this on the screen. I'm grabbing Shoemaker's shoulder, going nuts. And then he, he jokingly says to me, what's next? 
Eos Eo Shirai, and then Eo Sky's music hits, and I was like, "Oh, what the hell!" And it was we had this moment, and it was just one of those one of those things where, um, again, Jeremy talked about it earlier too the 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 Brock tractor thing where they're lifting the ring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought I'd seen it all in wrestling. There were just some things that night that again, it's very personal to me. It, it wasn't. Like Clash of the Clash of the Castle was a better wrestling card, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Had some better matches, top yep. to bottom. This for me was just it was just a very um, personal thing. And also, Edge's return was ruined for me because I, I saw him I saw him backstage <laughs> and I was walking by and I was like, oh, that's Edge. Uh, so he's coming back tonight uh, <laughs> with uh, the Mysterios and and Judgment Day. So well, was, come uh, on, you you didn't have uh, where's your Patreon? You could have posted to your Patreon and got the news out. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I was I was keeping my head down because I, I, I didn't want to be that guy back there. And I was like, "Who's this guy in catering? He's just staring at people." And uh, it was at, the edge thing was absolutely ruined for me. But and then he did the uh, that was the brood entrance, right? He came back mm-hmm. to the brood thing, yeah. which was yeah. amazing. Uh, SummerSlam, twenty twenty two. That's my we, show. We have a bunch of uh, forbidden doors here in the chat. Uh, Ryan, what's yours? Yeah, I figured forbidden door would get a lot of love. I guess. From a personal standpoint, it's I would go a double or nothing. That's not going to be my answer. But that weekend was just amazing. I mean, Garrett, we got to hang out once again. We were both in Vegas. Yeah. The sweet party with the Observer oh, yeah. crew was a blast. Everyone getting COVID. <laughs> Except for when I got home and I took that test. <laughs> I was did you one guys of them do a Top it. Rope Nation show out there, too? Yeah, we did Top yeah, Rope Nation did. at the Win in the Blue Wire Studio. Yeah, Blue Wire that Studios. was amazing. Um, I mean, going to the show and sitting with all you guys, and we were in the section there at T-Mobile where it was it was like on the 100 level, but it was it was like roped off from the, the rest of the 100 level. Like we had our own bar and our own bathrooms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And that's um, when we knew that uh, there were going to be the separate entrances of for Anarchy in the Arena. And I was like, it's going to be Mox. Every show that I go to, Mox walks right down yep. my aisle. And then yeah, I got to send him a Kyle picture. I got to send yeah. him a picture to show him that he like put his foot right on the 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 arm of my chair. <laughs> yeah, my co-host Kyle, maybe Justin, I can't remember. For sure, Kyle, he was up there on the concourse in that bar area getting a drink. And then Moxley walked in with the camera crew and... Yeah, so that was right by us. But I think just from a a match-by-match perspective, I think Revolution was a better show. I mean, it it had my match of the year, of course. I mean, it was such a good show that, I mean, the main event was Hangman and Adam Cole, and nobody really even talks about that match. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was a great match. Yep. But you had uh, Moxley and Danielson on that show, Uh, Kingston and Jericho, great match. Uh, The dog collar match, again. Um, I mean, it was the triple threat tag team title match was on that show uh i mean it was just top to bottom it was it was off the charts i gotta go with revolution as my show of the year but if i if i was grading it just on, on a personal perspective for the whole weekend i'm double or nothing it was a blast all right jeremy yeah um for me it's uh, clash of the castle um you can't beat midday wrestling shows yeah for That's me a big a, part of it that is a yes. big part of it <laughs> For me, as a washed parent of two, um, <laughs> I enjoy watching something in the middle of the day, so I can like I can I don't have to worry about staying up late or doing anything like that. But I also thought like the wrestling itself was great. Um, was completely shocked and blown away by the Sheamus Gunther match. 
Um, oh, obviously, right. like was not. I mean, those are two great workers. Um, but when you are looking at a pay per view with Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns and Seth versus Matt Riddle, you're not expecting a Sheamus Gunther match to to kind of steal the show, and it did. I mean, it was it was everything that I wanted. Um, the crowd was great. I think it was the first major event in the UK in like 19 years, and so like. It it was just, 92, it, I think, was like the last. It, was it like SummerSlam '92 at Wembley? Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah, something like that. Um, and so I think just the the sheer enormity of the show, um, and, and and what they were able to do. I think this was like the first show. This was the show after SummerSlam, so this is like Triple mm-hmm. H, like really getting like things in motion and really starting to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so for me, I felt like that was kind of the peak of uh, of the WWE year and calendar. And so uh, really love that show. You know, what's interesting is that show was the day. What was it? The day before all out. Was that what it was? Yeah. Cause I yes. watched it in my hotel room in Chicago That's with right. Jesse Velasquez and my buddy, Tim. Yeah. Jesse we Velasquez, kind of like pieced it in throughout this. Yeah. So yeah. I, what I, um, I was joking with, uh andrew zarian literally that week before we left we were doing we're live pal and i was saying i was telling him i was like what if triple h tries to sneakily put on the better wrestling show than aew that weekend and i I don't you know it's up to whatever you you, kind of wrestling you like but clash at the castle was excellent i I like revolution I, i i think i liked revolution better than forbidden door as well um for me I will probably lean Clash at the Castle, but some of that was just the environment in which I was I was watching this show. So I'll, I'll give you a, a quick story. So I think it was the same day as the Q and A of uh, David David Bryan's Q and A, and I usually play MC. I help people get their questions in, and I make commentary when they when they're talking. And so we were done with that, and then we left, and then Dave, you know, really wanted to watch this show. We all we all kind of wanted to watch it. So uh, they get it going. Our buddy Corey gets it going, and me and my buddy Jeremy Feinstone, who uh, was with us, uh, we go and grab lunch, and then we see Brian Alvarez and uh, Filthy Tom Lawler eating, and we cross by, and we're like, you guys are going to go watch the show? They're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, we missed the first match. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I was like, why? He's like, well, Dave wants to replay the entire Gunther and Sheamus match. He's watched the whole thing, but it was so good. He wants all of us to watch it. We cannot skip out and and not watch this match. So we go back and we basically watched the show from beginning to end pretty much. uh, And they had already gotten through like an hour of it. So we watched the whole show. It was Filthy Tom. And, you know, I've watched many shows with Dave and I know people really enjoy watching shows with or just the idea of watching shows with Dave. But to watch a show with an actual professional wrestler and to be able to then go, what did you think about that? Or what was that guy trying to do? Or what did you think about that choice? That's actually a really cool thing as well, to be able to talk to Filthy Tom and to get his thoughts on on stuff that was going on. So I would probably say that, but that has a lot to do with my environment and where I was and who I was talking to and who I was watching with. That really made the the most of that for me. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, And let's go best wrestling television show. Now, I don't mean a specific episode. I mean the series. So uh, 
I, my guess is it's either going to be Dynamite or it's going to be SmackDown, unless there are some really, really hardcore Raw fans who want to sit through the three hours every week. Um, but I'm interested to see what you guys liked as the better television show. I'm going to exclude myself from this one because I do a review show of Dynamite every week, and I've watched every single one with like a, a, a microscope. So I put it through the ringer. Pun intended, Ben. Um, you. Appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to take myself out because I just watch Dynamite so much more closely than I watch any other show. But uh, but Jeremy, let's start with you. What is your favorite wrestling show or the best wrestling television show of the year? I didn't think I would ever say this, but it's SmackDown. Um, I think it has easily become the A show for, for WWE. Um, they are making it the A show. I mean, obviously the bloodline is doing its thing, but um, I think the fact that it's two hours and not three is also a huge deal. Um, and it, they just really have kind of upped their game with it. And so for me, it's SmackDown. It's pretty, pretty clear. Um, when it comes to AEW, I felt like uh, Dynamite fell off a little bit for me. Um, it, it didn't have the same impact as it, as it once had. Um, I'm interested to see what this new look Dynamite is going to be and what, yeah. what the new Dynamite is going to bring about. But um, I think as long as the Bloodline is doing its thing and Sami Zayn is at the top of his game, SmackDown is going to be the best show on television. Uh, I, 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 I can see that argument. Uh, I know a lot of people who watch dynamite and dynamite can be a anxiety ridden watch. Is that, is that a, a proper term? Cause there's so many things going on. And then you're kind of like at this level of like high and then they cut to the next thing and you're like, okay, what just happened? Like, what did I miss? <laughs> like what's going on here? But um, so I see it. SmackDown is an easier watch. I do a lot. I, I will say I do a lot more fast forwarding through SmackDown because they like to shoehorn in these segments that mean absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. But if, if like if, if I could condense SmackDown to about like a 50 minute show, I think it'd be awesome. But uh, OK, Ryan, what about you? <laughs> so maybe that's the flip side of what you're saying about AEW. On one side, you got go, go, go. Lots of things happening on the other side, a couple of things happening and everything else is skippable. I mean, like yeah. for me, I don't want to come off as the WWE hater, but I still don't find much of their television compelling. I think it is slightly like very slightly improved under triple H, but I think they still have a lot of the same problems they had under Vince, to be quite honest with you. Um, if I'm going to watch a WWE show for sure, it's SmackDown. Yeah. I don't watch it that much, Maybe because I covered it for like several years for comicbook.com. And so now it's like, okay, <laughs> right. now I don't have to be at my computer during <laughs> SmackDown every single Friday night. So, but if it is WWE, that, that is for sure what I'm going to watch. And I do watch it quite a bit. Not every week. Um, I almost never watch Raw Live, you know, catch the highlights, go to the YouTube channel. Uh, Dynamite, my, I rarely miss. Ra- I, mean, I Ra- pretty much always watch it. If, if you have Hulu, the 90-minute Hulu cut of Raw... Oh, it's- it's awesome. pretty, it's pretty yeah. doable. It's pretty, good. It's pretty yeah. doable. Yeah. Yeah, I I got to go with Dynamite. I do agree that at different times this year, it took a step back. But to me, it was still heads and shoulders above the competition. So um, I, I felt like, yeah, there was definitely ebbs and flows where they were kind of losing their way. And it, it wasn't must see for me. But then they would they would have a big match that would draw me in. Um, more often than not, there are multiple segments that I want to see versus like, one segment on SmackDown or a couple, like for example, I'll never turn off a bloodline segment. That yep. stuff is great. And yep. Sami Zayn for sure. 
Um, but I would find myself skipping less on dynamite. So that's why I'll go with dynamite. I think, uh, by the way, there, there's some jokes going on in the chat. Uh, we've had one women of wrestling. We've had uh, one impact, but then someone saying that's you shouldn't even disimpact because it's actually ha- has hasn't been bad. And uh, Jason, Jason Jimerson, uh, I- I'll mention impact because uh, two two buddies of mine, uh, Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva, do a really good brace for impact uh, podcast. And I'm not just saying it because it's on the Fight Game Media Network. It is a really good show. And those guys uh, really embrace everything impact so uh, you should check that show out if you enjoy impact okay so uh so ben i'm gonna get i'm gonna guess that it's probably smackdown for you unless you're gonna pull the 90 minute hulu raw out of the bag for me (laughs) no i'm I'm gonna surprise you it's actually neither of those it's actually young rock on nbc (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding it is is smackdown uh the the ads on nfl sundays are working they get me they they remind me it's actually on on fridays but no i mean it has it had the most bloodline and that's that's really the most compelling thing for me in all wwe is just the bloodline uh, you know, all the Roman, all the Usos has all the Sammy, all the solo. It, it, and it, I also consume SmackDown, by the way. You know, we're talking about the 90 minute Raw. I consume SmackDown on DVR. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tape it. Yep. And then watch it after it's over. I, I get through that thing in like 30 minutes and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. No, <laughs> 30 I, minutes, 30 minutes SmackDown is incredible. It's really yes. the way to go with the Friday shows because, yeah. and, and so for me, I watch these things way different than, than anybody else because I watch them from the perspective of what do I have to cover and what do I have to talk about? So I want right. to make sure right. that I see all of that stuff. And by the time Friday is over, I'm like, okay, I don't have to talk about SmackDown. I don't have to talk about rampage. Saturday, I'll zip through them, but sometimes I'm like, I got stuff going on or it's football season. And so my Sunday's taken up and then I don't get to them. Now on SmackDown, uh, there are some segments that I'm like, okay, I need to go back and and figure it out. But Rampage, I wasn't missing anything, but it looks like they are making a little bit more of of a dedicated effort to make that show more watchable. So uh, I hope for for Tony Khan's sake that 2023 is a little bit better to Rampage because I think if sort of what Ben says, which is, you know, DVR it and go on the weekend when you have your free time, that could be the same thing for Rampage because it's literally an hour. It, you could even get it done much more quickly. So, uh, could okay. We, uh, can I, could we move Rampage to Saturday morning? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, as, as someone who used to watch wrestling Rampage exclusively Superstars. on Saturday morning, <laughs> exactly. I would watch the hell out of that <laughs> as, a, as a grown man with two kids. Yeah. <laughs> throw some Rampage on, 10 in the morning. We're just going to have to deal with this. That's what children. we're going to watch instead of cartoons. Like We're exactly. going to have our Much zero. Better. We're going to watch Rampage. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Can so we, we got... I mean, can we real quick, can we just talk kind of about like the drop-off of NXT? I mean, that was kind of a disappointing story for me in 2022. Like NXT was red hot for a really long time. And then obviously with the rebrand and and Vince and Bruce Pritchard kind of getting their hands into it, like you saw the dramatic drop off. Like, what do we think? I mean, this might get into the next segment of like 2023 uh, outlook, but what do we think the future is for NXT? I mean, this seems like it's kind of it is just kind of treading water right now. Like there are some really good people, like really good talent in there, but it doesn't have the 
the impact that it once had. Like I remember NXT was cannot miss TV. Like you had to watch it. And then every, every company for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then takeover was, was must see TV. And so what do we think like NXT, where's NXT going? Does anybody else watch NXT? I think that's the first question. Yeah. Ryan, do you, you watch NXT at all? Very, very rarely. Very, I, have, very I also have a DVR and I do watch it kind of at the end of the, what is it? Tuesday, Tuesday night. It, I'm like, I watch it specifically for Carmelo Hayes. That's, that's yeah. really it. That's mm-hmm. just where I'm at. I think he's a star. I think he's the shit. I think he's incredible. Uh, I am. I feel like I'm on an Island being anti Braun breaker. Like he, <laughs> he yells all of his promos. I don't like, why are we yelling, man? Just, <laughs> He's copying his dad you have a microphone. <laughs> you, you don't need to yell into the microphone, Braun. And so that's, it, it kind of starts with, with that where I'm like, why am I interested more in kind of the, the mid card champion or who, who used to be the mid card champion in Carmelo Hayes? Like, mm-hmm. Can we, mm-hmm. and look, HBK is in charge of that show now. And, and to Jeremy's point, you know, Vince and, and and Bruce got their hands on a little bit, so it changed a little bit. But they got to do something, and I think they're trying. But uh, there there needs to be some sort of shake up there because it's, it's yeah. feeling a little little icky. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with everybody. I'm with Jeremy. I think um, once they acknowledged that they lost their attempt to yeah. detour Dynamite, they decided to change that show into 2.0. And thankfully, they've given up on that 2.0 color concept of uh, of confetti. They kept the font, though. Yeah, they <laughs> did. The font. <laughs> they did. Uh, so my, I, I have a, an interesting relationship with NXT because when NXT and AEW were going head to head, this show, the entire concept of this show, was to review both shows and kind of compare and contrast them. When when NXT went to the went to Tuesday, we we dropped the whole thing because it was just like oh, okay, you know we we need to pivot. And I haven't really watched 2.0 since uh, probably six months or so. But I was watching it so closely, and so then when I cut it off cold turkey, it's kind of hard to get back into it. Now I will say the reason why I dropped it cold turkey though is because Ikemenjiro and Kushida were doing the silly uneducated foreigners where you can just make fun of them constantly Mm -hmm. storyline. And I thought it was just way too stereotypical for 2022. And I was like, come on, they need to be better than this. There was also some stuff uh, with uh, on the women's side with Asians that I thought was kind of distasteful. So I just like, you know what? I'm just going to use my power to not talk about it anymore. And then if they figure it out, then I'll start rewatching it. But that building also kind of gives me, like whenever I see that building, I just kind of get a stomachache. I'm like, let's move this show somewhere where it feels like there's a real audience. Now I give that NXT audience credit because they keep going back, right? That's their show, and they they do their best to cheer for all their guys and and and, and the women. But I don't know; it's super stale to me. I the, I think they're moving out of that building uh, for a bigger show in Charlotte in February, and I hope yeah. that means that they're going to do more of that because I cannot watch a show from that same old building a uh, week after I get, week. I get claustrophobic watching yeah. it. It feels, <laughs> it feels so like smart. watching a it feels like watching a UFC event at the uh, Performance Institute where it's like you'll have yeah. like just a small group of fans there and um yeah. it but it's not as intimate obviously. Um 
but yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it's that arena has kind of fallen flat for me. It doesn't have the, the full sale um, yeah. feel that that classic NXT had. Um, so yeah. I think it's going to be a slow build. I think the the AEW impact on NXT is more than just losing the Wednesday Night War. It's just the fact that NXT used to be what AEW gives you now. It was like the super indie promotion. Yeah. And, you know, when yeah. it first started, Hunter could just bring in all the hot indie stars. and They never had to create any stars. Like On the women's side, they did. But on the men's side, it was all these established people they yeah. were bringing in constantly. And the problem was they were never in sync with what Vince wanted, which is one of the reasons, you know, Hunter fell out of power was because he was sending up people that Vince didn't really see as stars. And there was very few people that went on to start him on the main roster. So they reset everything to try to do it like with what Vince had in his mind, you know, with 2.0. Now Vince is out. You got Hunter and Sean. They should be more in sync, but I think it's going to be a slow build because, they can't just have their top picks of the indie talent anymore because there's another company out there nationally now signing a lot of them. So they've really failed at building people, homegrown talent on the men's side. They got to prove that the performance center can do that. And they probably will eventually, but it's going to take a few years to get to that point. And I don't, I don't see how there's anything that they can do to make it must see like instantly. It's going to be this thing where they got to build it up from scratch again. So maybe they get there again, uh, maybe not, but they've they got a lot of things working against them now, and that's making it really tough, I think. By the way, Bay Area radio legend, Baby Huey in the chat. Baby there. Huey, what up? Baby Huey. Ben, ben, ben and I saw Baby Huey at, at Raw. He didn't see us, but we saw him. We were scoping I saw him Baby out. Huey um, uh, like last two or two weeks ago at the at a Bailey charity event. There you go. There you go. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You, you did. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to 2023 stuff here. Uh, but before I, I do have one more award, Ben, let's lead with you. What's your cocktail of the year? Uh, Terramana on the rocks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with, there you with go. The lime. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm not. You, you will not get me to say anything bad about Terramana. So that, that's that was my, <laughs> that was my cocktail of the year. And so yeah, I just wanted to throw this in to kind of break it up before we get into 2023. But I'm with Ben. Like if I drink. Uh, and, and by the way, I apologize for the, the redness in my skin. I'm half Asian. I could have a sip of wine and, and my face will become a little flush. I, I'm drinking very slowly, by the way. Like I, I'm sipping. So it's not because I'm like slamming, slamming tequila or anything. But yeah, I my, think it's my, just my, the lighting, Double G. Don't, don't, don't. Well, the, 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 yeah, then people are going to go to the beginning of the show and see my non red face. And then now they see my red face. <laughs> Time but, lapse. Um, yeah. Do you, do you guys, uh, when, when you're going out to a restaurant or whatever, I mean, I just drink bourbon on the rocks. Like when someone says, what do you want to drink? Uh, I'll have like a bullet on the rocks or something. Do you guys actually drink pre-made or, or, or bartender made cocktails? Like go-to cocktails? Uh, old fashioned for me. Yeah, I will usually get an old fashioned, but, or it's that, or I'm a bourbon guy usually. Yeah. So yeah, bourbon on the rocks too, but my cocktail would always be old fashioned. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, old fashioned for me. I watched uh, Mad Men a lot, and so I yep. fell in love with old fashioned. <laughs> there you go. And Same. so Jeremy, like, I... Jeremy also drinks at two p.m. Like, like Don <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's uh, let's go to some questions here that I have for you guys, and we're gonna circle back to someone we talked about earlier. Uh, so, does CM Punk wrestle in twenty twenty three, and if so, where now? 
we're about an hour in. I don't want to go any any longer than 90. And, and I know Jeremy, I thank Jeremy for, for staying up with us. Uh, so let's try and get through these really quickly. Uh, I'm going to, I'll point to somebody and you give me your answer. And if we have a couple comments, we can, we can actually throw our comments in there as well, but let's kind of go through these quickly so we can get through all of them. Uh, and, and, and Ryan, does he wrestle in 2023? And if so, where? Oh, wow. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to hold out hope that it happens in AEW. I know the odds are not with me on this one, but I do, I do think he will wrestle somewhere. I have two people who are very close to me on this website. One is Andrew Zarian and one is Brian Alvarez. And they publicly have stated the exact opposite things. Andrew says he thinks if Punk wrestles, it'll happen in AEW because he's hearing from the WWE side that they absolutely do not want him back. And Brian Alvarez is saying, even though Dax and CM Punk say that they want everyone to sort of just get along and, and do business together, that he doesn't think it's going to happen because of all the stuff that did happen. So there's conflicting information out there. So I don't even know if you're on the wrong side of this. I just, yeah. I, it's just like the information is just not enough to where everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Do we all yeah. know how Larry's doing? <laughs> <laughs> he did post the picture of Larry on Instagram recently. I saw. So so. Is he, is he good? As well, I think that's as well. Apparently, that, I don't know. That'll determine where he goes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Does WWE have like? Do they have a doggy daycare at this point? <laughs> if they do. <laughs> okay, so so Ryan and I were at that show, right? And and yeah. Larry running down the ramp before the show even starts. Mm -hmm. Larry yeah. made a public appearance. And who knew oh, later that night, all he havoc get his, he get his teeth kicked in? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he actually ran into the guardrail. That's where that actually happened. So, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Jason Jimerson says, uh, Brian is right and Andrew is wrong. I'm going to have to send that to Andrew. <laughs> all right. So um, let, let's, uh, let, let's go Ben here. Does Vince McMahon find his way back in WWE in 2023? No, no freaking way. And if he does, he owes my friend an apology because again, we had, <laughs> again, I'm still not over this. If you guys haven't, haven't been able to tell, but there's, there's just no way. I mean, he's, we're WWE is in a good place. There's just, or in a better place. Right. And, why he as much as he loves himself and and his ego i think on some level he should be happy with where where they are from a creative standpoint right i mean i hope so because it's just better yeah it's just in a better place and everything you read about his kind of the work environment there is also just better Sure. And that that has a trickle down effect to what we end up seeing, you know, on screen and everything. I, you know, I, 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 I think there's no way that they let him in also, because I think they have that power. Now, for, for once, now that he's out on the outside looking in before, again, it was it, it literally everyone's theory was like, Oh, the only thing that'll take Vince out of WWE is death, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now that we've kind of have this in between of he's out, you know, for various reasons, there's there's just no way. I 
I, I just can't see it, man. Like there, there's just too much. Peacock is involved now too. <laughs> yeah. There's just too many outside factors that will prevent him from actually getting back in. Okay. So the Coog 97, I love this because he said, yes, he comes back. He won't go away whether you like it or not. Look at Trump. The, the thing here that uh, us four, and, and I'm going to say that, you know, we're pretty civil minded thinking people, right? Like we, think of you know the yeah, good. yeah. We're, we're also opt we think of the good in people vince is an absolute narcissist and because yeah. the four of us aren't narcissists i can't think like vince you know because we you know you're right and 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 uh you know the company's doing well the stock is up it hasn't hurt at all so you know probably him being gone for right now is probably for the better now if business dropped in some way I think that would be an opportune time for him to start trying to, to get back in, but it hasn't. So maybe this is not the best time, but ultimately Donald Trump, Elon Musk, Vince McMahon, we cannot sort of answer for them because there's no way that, that we could ever think like them. So that that's kind of my, fair point. my one fair point. caveat here is I, I agree with you, but at the same time, you know, I, I, there's no way I could even think about how Vince thinks about this situation. Okay, we're going to get Jeremy one here. Um, will we see more AEW stars like Cody Rhodes go to WWE rather than vice versa? Because previously it was WWE folks going to AEW and then Cody kind of changed the trajectory there. Do you think we'll see more folks from AEW go to WWE? Um. My heart wants to say yes, but I don't like logically, I don't think that's going to happen. I think if it does happen, it's not going to be until like 2024, 2025 as, as kind of like this triple H era continues to kind of roll on and see what happens as where does WWE go in the next couple of years? What does Cody's second run look like? Is it going to be something where people are going to look at and say like, Oh, there's that Avenue for me out there. Um, or is it going to be something like, um, like carrying Cross's return where it's like, it's, there's really nothing going on. And so like, I think for me, uh, I would like to see some, some people come back, but I don't think it's going to happen in the near future. So 2023, I think, I think it's going to be pretty minimal. What's interesting is I kind of wonder who are the biggies who are coming up that could possibly go back. Cause Moxley and Jericho, uh, they're signed. We know MJF is, uh, it sounds like he keeps talking about 2024. So that's not going to happen this year, but it could be somebody like Miro who, you know, figures out a way out of his contract or FTR who came from WWE and didn't like the way that they were booked in WWE and with triple H in charge, maybe they think that they can get a, a favorable booking from him because it's not Vince. So there's some intrigue there. I think, I think that's the biggest part. And that's mm -hmm. actually, that was actually a leverage piece for Tony Khan, right? When you work for Vince, if you have been in, in Vince's company and not been in his favor, it is really hard to then gain his favor. And you're like, Oh, I'll go to this other place. But without Vince, I'm sure there's more optimism for talent to just be like, Hmm it's quite possible that without Vince there, uh, my work may matter. How, how well I do in promos, how well I get over may matter. 
Uh, and so there, I, I think that I think it could definitely happen, but um, I think it'll be more sort of the folks in in the middle, maybe even upper middle. But I don't know. I don't know from the top of the card if if we're going to see anybody sort of hold out to try and go back. I hope you mentioned Miro. I hope he goes back. I need Rusev Day back in my life, <laughs> like you would not believe. I I need I need that for twenty twenty three. Just more Rusev Day. So and CJ Lana she. Didn't even tease it. She outwardly said it. He's Sur- going back, which was the re- surreal life, baby. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. So I'm all about it. By the way, I saw, or at least I heard what I think was supposed to be Rusev's booking, at least uh, from somebody. And it wasn't bad. Like whatever he's he wasn't happy with. Uh, it was it was actually pr- pretty good stuff. But you know, he probably wants to be. A little bit higher up on the card than. Was uh, it another dog collar match? <laughs> it would have been great, <laughs> uh, as long as uh, as long as it wasn't about how his his neck was gonna like crumble into powder in in, in every interview that he did. Uh, okay, so uh, let's go, Ryan. Here, who should Stone Cold Steve Austin Ooh. face at WrestleMania oh, 39? And this man. is this is a little forwarding, right? Because we don't even know if Austin is is coming back. We think he's coming oh, this back. Is a good one. This we is think a good that one. this is going to be a giant WrestleMania if all sort of things fall in in correctly. But who would you have him face at WrestleMania 39? Well, I mean, obviously, Ben, they should just do Austin Rock number four, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think Rock there. is the correct answer for any of these questions. Yeah, or maybe this is how Vince McMahon gets back into the company. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, kick him off. Kick him off the show right now. <laughs> Man, I don't I actually don't know. I mean, I thought Owens was a perfect choice for this. Um, and there's no one that really interests me that much for him just looking at who the card who's going to be on the card what the matches are that we think they're building towards Mm -hmm. um i like the cena recommendation that just got thrown out yeah just from a internet standpoint from a twitter standpoint people would melt they would have a meltdown yeah i mean i'm they probably would i you know who else i don't have a good answer you know who else wants cena is uh, logan paul Logan Paul that is watched. true. Yeah. I think he yeah. did. He fake these ACL tears. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. He's like, oh, he laid it all out. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Baby Huey says L.A. Knight because yeah, because L.A. Knight is like a cosplay oh, be... Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he does. He kind of has the accent. Oh, I kind of like that. Baby Huey. That's a great. That's a great. Sh- that's a great call. Uh, I I I think I like Caden's answer the least. Uh, uh, oh God! Ray White, oh, no. Firefly, yeah. Stone Cold, <laughs> Uncle Howdy versus Stone Cold. <laughs> oh no! So uh, I was like thinking about this, right? Um, when Austin was retired, he's been he had been retired since two thousand and three, and there was always the uh, idea that he was going to come back. I think in um. I want to say for WrestleMania 25, there was discussion that he was going to come back. That was the year that he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the CM Punk thing with the video game, I think, what was one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the Brock Lesnar interview where they were kind of creating their own angle there. I don't know if I want to see Brock Lesnar possibly F5 58-year-old Stone Cold no. Steve Austin. No. Oh, that's a, that's a um, hard pass. I don't know if they could actually get the match that they would need 
to uh, to get over uh, because of the physicality that I I don't think anybody wants Austin to see. Um, and CM, the CM Punk thing, I think, would be my number one pick, but th- there's the odds are against him. He's still under contract with Tony Khan. Why would Tony Khan help WrestleMania? Like, there's yeah. no reason why. So that seems out. I'm going to go with somebody who Ben mentioned as his wrestler of the year only because this man would make it absolutely entertaining knowing that he's going to eat a stunner to lose this match. And that's Seth Rollins. I w- if, if Austin comes back now, it, now this doesn't wow. help anybody. It's sort of like the Owens match, right? The Owens match was simply to get Austin back on TV, put him with somebody who you um, trust in the ring, who can get over, who can cut these interviews. Cause Austin wasn't going to be on TV. And I think Seth Rollins can do the same thing. I think the only thing that would sort of um, be a negative is it would feel a little same samey from last year, but yeah. uh, that that's a possible risk. But ultimately, if if you can't do a Lesnar or a Punk, I think I think Seth would be a nice little fallback plan for them. Yeah, that was going to be my choice as well. I think Seth yeah. is just kind of that steady hand that you can go to to have a quality yet safe match for somebody oh. in Stone Cold's position. Well, although, you know, if this if this rumor starts flying around one day, Steve Austin can be out at his ranch and he sees his phone and he looks at it and it's it's Steve Borden calling him. <laughs> and Steve Borden's like, brother, you going to take that buckle bomb? Because let me tell you about what can happen there. So <laughs> no, buckle feeling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, bu- oh. no I, buckle. No, I did see that. Yeah, the AJ Styles one is, a, is an, an interesting option as well. Like that yeah, would be. Yeah. Um, just two quality workers. I mean, AJ Styles has been in the, the game battle of so Texas. Long. Are they from different parts of Texas? Oh, no, wait, AJ's, AJ's from, from Georgia. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's right. Georgia. SEC battle. Let's just make that happen. There you go. All right. Next one. It's, you know, again, I had to leave this one for Ben. Of course. Does Brock <laughs> Russell Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39? Come on. This I'm is, leaning this into is the, the layup. I'm leaning into the camera. I'm leaning into the mic. Yes, thousand percent. Yes, if it doesn't happen, cancel Christmas, cancel all the holidays, cancel WrestleMania, cancel WrestleMania. In LA. If this if this is not in the works, I don't know what we're doing anymore, right? Because we were promised this two years ago when WrestleMania 37 was supposed to take place at SoFi Stadium. It was for Rock Roman. If they can't figure this out. Black Adam, Black Adam 2 is not happening. We've been told that. <laughs> yeah, right? Young Rock, put it on hiatus. I don't... It needs to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to speak it into existence if until this it doesn't does happen. happen. So Ben's going to burn SoFi to the ground. Like he's... Oh, you will catch me out front with a sign. I'm going to show up like the DX invasion of WCW <laughs> with, a, with a Jeep. <laughs> And, a, and an unknown driver just right down the aisle. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Ben and I have been fantasy booking this match for at least five years. Um, uh, yeah. We talked it about is- it constantly on our podcast. Um, and so I think this is the option for probably night two. I would assume night one is the winner of the Rumble and it might be Cody. Um, so, I mean, what a way to end it if they do it on night two is have Rock Roman. And it could be something really – it doesn't have to be a 15-minute match. It could be five, seven minutes, and it'll do the job, especially lives for Ben. in L.A. Rock lives <laughs> in L.A. What are we doing here, people? It, this is not complicated. 
I understand so, the scheduling. <clears throat> just make it happen. I'm getting upset. So uh, my friend John Muse, he uh, he was once hired by Eric Bischoff to book the cruiserweight division of WCW if Bischoff and Fusion uh, Entertainment got WCW. Instead, WWE got WCW. So he's got a booking mind. He's always got his booking hat on, and he booked the whole Bloodline thing. We put it on our Patreon, Patreon uh, uh, Fight Game Media, Patreon uh, front slash Fight Game Media. Um, it's free, so it, you, the post is up free. It'll be in the free post. But he had, he had a really good suggestion as far as booking this thing out. You can get Sammy over. You could get Solo over. Like Lots of good things that you can get from this. So I, I, I'm with Ben. I think it's happening. Now, here are a couple of other reasons why it might be happening. This is not meant to be negative on The Rock. I'm just stating facts here because Ben and I have already had this conversation. (laughs) Black Black Adam wasn't the the box office hit that we all sort of thought it was going to be, right? So Rock Rock has kind of had to get pulled back down a little bit. Like, just he basically had to say, yeah, I, you know, I talked to, to Gunn and I'm probably not in the mix here. Like that was kind of interesting, right? He actually basically took that L uh, very eloquently as, as, as he would. Um, Young rock. It, it got put on Friday nights. It goes head to head against SmackDown. One of the dumbest uh, 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 scheduling for, for a TV show ever. Act right. <laughs> uh, so he's the, that those ratings aren't doing great. The XFL is coming up. That's, you're damn right. It is. <laughs> the the Vegas Vipers are about to play some damn football. Yeah. But that is also going to be like a slow build. There's no sort of success just opening this. That That's going to be a long tail of stuff if they're going to stick with it. I think he needs an easy win. And an easy win is main eventing in front of whatever they get up to in ticket sales, 65,000, 70,000. I think they're at like 60 for both nights so far which is ahead of the pace from last year. I think that's a win. That's an absolute easy win for him. As long as he's got the time, you know, he's what, what, what was he shooting? The Christmas movie, the, was it red state Christmas movie or something like that? Like there's some, there's some photos on red Santa or something like that. Some, yeah, whatever it is, it's done. (laughs) Yeah. He's free. Yeah. So, so I think that's why at least I I think he's going to do it is because he needs, the good PR from getting some some negative PR, and th- that has happened before. <clears throat> Baywatch, which I did see uh, in the theaters, so he's wow. got to come. He's got to come back from it, and I think it, I think this is a good way for him to come back from it. Even I didn't watch Baywatch in theaters, and I love The Rock. I, yeah, I, I actually like saw it. At a, I have not seen a, it. So. I saw it at a premiere. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, a buddy, that's, a buddy got some tickets for a premiere, and he's like, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "Of course, I'm in." Yeah, so, yeah, we got to see it as a premiere. But uh, Brian, you haven't seen it yet. I still have not seen it. No. When you're on an airplane, <laughs> you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to kill, I'll some check time. it out. No, yeah. don't do it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, only a few more here, and we'll get out of here. Thank. By the way, thanks to all the people in the in the comments and uh, having conversations, and we're up. Uh, we've hit our peak in, in, in live viewers here uh, uh, about s- almost 80 minutes into the show. Uh, okay, this one's for Ryan. How long does MJF hold the AEW world oh, wow. title? Boy. 
Do you let me just ask you this? Do you believe that he hasn't actually resigned? I don't know what to believe with this dude. We were in <laughs> Vegas and this dude skipped out on a uh, a fan convention thing that he was supposed yeah. to sign autographs for. And we were not sure if that was a shoot or if it was a work. Like, <laughs> I was so confused that entire weekend to the point of where I was just like, why am I even doing this? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? I, I don't know. I feel like them going full steam ahead with him. It's hard for me to believe that he really wouldn't be re-signed, that there's not something. But I'll say at least through All Out next year. I think it's going to be a pretty long, long run at this point. So part of this question is, who are the baby faces that he can face? I think Danielson is going to be number one, whether they get to the pay-per-view or not. They may, I mean, they may do the match uh, sooner than later. They they still have the, the Seattle card. They have the forum card. Uh, and then there's two months until, uh, until the Cal Palace and, and Chase Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they have... Uh, a, a very creaky Wardlow. Uh, I think last night, uh, kill Wardlow. Wardlow's world is dead, according to Samoa Joe. Uh, <laughs> he he really he really cut this dude's man bun off. Um, you always have somebody like Kenny Omega around the corner when whenever they want to heat him back up as a single. Uh, who else is a baby face though that is at the is that is in the mix? Uh, I guess Hangman. People it's always want Hangman there. in the mix, yeah. He's in the um, mix, is, but who else? Is, is Adam Cole alive? Does anyone know? <laughs> is I'm just as if Adam Cole staying, I'm concerned. Can I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all I concerned. Do a, man. a wellness yeah. check on this guy. Where is he? Is yeah, he okay? it's 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 interesting to the point of uh, Tony Khan. He he doesn't he doesn't comment on on the health of of these guys unless these guys want that information out, right? So him staying quiet, it almost makes the fans think that it's something really bad, but it might not be bad. It's just he doesn't want to give out their information because he wants the the talent to be able to to say that whether they want. And we know concussions are tricky and and, and messed up, but yeah, that's one that we we haven't heard anything about Adam Cole. You would have expected that he he would have been back by now, but you know, maybe they have plans that they kind of want to save for him as well. I don't know. Cuz they you know, they love doing that return that surprise so i'm 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 assuming that's going to be one of them is is adam cole's comeback i mean i see the name ricky starks here in the chat too i mean that's a guy that they want to build up to the title picture eventually i mean if you're talking about a year-long title run maybe down the line he could be a challenger so kaden in the chat says uh daniel bryan at revolution four pillars at double or nothing what is four pillars at double or nothing? Four mean? pillars match where you, you touch all the four corners. Oh, like the uh, the founders or the original. Oh, I see. Yeah, So Sammy, Jungle Boy, Max, and Darby. Is that the four? Yeah, I mean they got to heat up Darby again. Going, He's been with Sting track. too long, too long. I mean I love Sting. But man, Darby was one of those early success stories, like the homegrown guy, and he's fallen off a lot. Mm-hmm. So, great yeah. skateboarder though. Yeah, yeah, really fantastic skateboarder. skateboarder. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right, l- let's uh, let's let's get through the rest of these. Uh, okay, just to break it up a little bit in in your bourbon, spherical ice cube, large cube, 
or regular ice? Because I watch Rock on his Instagram videos, and that giant hand of his just goes and scoops up the ice, the regular ice, and he throws it in the cup for the Terramana. What do you guys use for your for your drink? Sphere. I have one of the, I have the little sphere ice holder. Oh, classy! There you super go. Super fancy. There you go. Uh, yeah, Jay. Okay. Yeah, you got to class it up when you're having a, an old fashioned. You can't be so doing had, ice yeah. cubes at two o'clock in the afternoon. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For I'm like the old fashioned. There you for go. an old fashioned, I do regular. It's usually just regular ice, but a few a few of them. If I'm drinking bourbon, sometimes I drink it neat, but usually it's one ice cube just right out of the freezer. I tried the fancy ice, like the molds and stuff for a while. It was just a pain for me. I abandoned it pretty quickly. I'm going, large cube. I'm going large cube. I just like the aesthetic of it. Uh, in general, I'm also like Ryan, just regular ice, whatever comes out of the freezer. I am a sucker for the large cube. It's, it's the middle ground, I feel like, between yeah. the sphere. Very complicated. You got to like, it's just very complicated. Regular ice, which is very easy. Large cube, I feel like it's in the middle. You can make it happen. Uh, or they, they kind of have that kind of the default, I feel like, at bars now. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 with Jeremy actually. I have uh the, sphere. the the spheres that I usually use, though because I put my terramana in the garage, in the in the freezer in the garage. If I'm drinking tequila, I'll just grab because I have the ice in the garage and I'll grab it there. But if I'm drinking bourbon and I don't have to go to the other garage. Yeah, I get I get my sphere out and and I drink it that way. So, oh, fancy! We got two, f- nice. two bougie people on this pod. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and just because the Coog asked, you know, what's your go to for whiskey a or or, or bourbon? Uh, for me, it's Elijah Craig or Buffalo Trace. That's my go to. Yeah, uh, I drink Four Roses. There you oh, go. Yeah. I just bought yeah. some Four Roses. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! That's my uh, choice for uh, old fashioned. Usually, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm on the Angels Envy train. Uh, oh. I did the, uh, I did the, I did the, and it's it's only I did the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky like four years ago for my cousin's bachelor party, and they let us bottle it during the bachelor party, and I couldn't I couldn't shake it. And I was like, this is, it might not even be the best bourbon. It was just, <laughs> again, it was very a personal thing where I was like, I bottled it. I think I work there now, so it's great. <laughs> I am of the opinion that. I have such a bad sense of taste that any bourbon can probably be fine. And it's literally just the marketing that gets me. Um, uh, there was hey, that's a, fair. That's, that's great self-awareness by you. There was a, how I met your mother episode where they got like the $2,000 bottle of, of X, Y, Z, whatever. And they all drank it and they're like, Oh yeah, it's great. It has a hint of this. And then, and then, uh, and then Ted's like, does it taste any different from the bourbon or the whiskey we normally drink? And they're like, nope. So that's kind <laughs> right. of where I fit. But I like to try everything. I go to the grocery store and I just pick out the thing that I've never tried before. And uh, as long as it's not like a hundred bucks. Uh, so that's <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, had uh, Have you had Jefferson's Ocean? Uh, that's I think a I've got. I've been... I think I've got one. Of, I think I have that. The other thing is to go to like local. Uh, spots and get whatever that they have that they, you know, at, at their spot. So I like to do that too. If if you have like a local spot, just to order from them and, and to try it out, that stuff is fun too. All right, last question here, and let, let's we'll, we'll just have this for everybody. Does Sasha Banks wrestle in AEW or Ooh. WWE next year? 
or neither. She's supposed to be at the Tokyo Dome to uh, not to wrestle, but to possibly challenge for the stardom belt that that is being defended there. And I think part of her calculus here is, A, she obviously has a lot of respect for international wrestling, for Lucha Libre, for Japanese wrestling. Um, But some of this is also uh, kind of, I think, sort of going like, okay, like I'm going to show the two biggies. I don't really need them because I can go elsewhere to wrestle. I could do stuff outside of wrestling. I'm I'm versatile. And almost to, to make the two biggies like, want her more than they want her currently. Like I, I I've heard that, you know, actually we, I've talked to, to, to Dave Meltzer about this and, you know, WWE sees her below the Becky Charlottes of, uh, of that company. Right. So she, they, they have her pegged underneath um, AEW. She'd immediately be the best women's wrestler on that brand. And her and Jamie Hayter would be at the top of my list of, of matches that I would want to see in AEW. But uh, she could pick neither. She could just do what she does and then, you know, get 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 into TV and, and movies if she can and just do other stuff outside of wrestling. So let's start with Jeremy. AEW, WWE or neither? I, I'm going to say neither. I think she plays the game of going to Japan, going to Mexico, um, really just kind of wrestling when she wants to. Um, and then doing a lot of the extracurricular things that she has her hands in. Um, obviously, she's she's starring in, in shows now. She's been on The Mandalorian. Um, I think she has like a CBD company as well. I think that's like, like an yeah. award-winning CBD company. Snoop Doggy uh, Dog. And so like she's got a lot of things going on. I don't think she needs AEW or WWE at the moment. I think eventually she might return to the WWE, but I think for 2023, I think she plays the field, and I think she really ups her value um, because this whole this whole notion that she's below Charlotte and Becky is absurd. Um, she is world class, and so um, I think she is she's going to show them in 2023. I think 2023 is a massive year for her in in kind of growing her brand outside of of, of WWE and becoming more of seen as Mercedes versus Sasha Banks. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Jeremy said. I think and for a lot of the women in WWE, their best matches have been with her. She's that one constant. It's totally yeah. ludicrous to act like she would be below Becky and Charlotte uh, in any capacity. Um, I feel like if that was you know, communicated to her as reported, that she's going to have a chip on her shoulder. And it's hard for me to imagine her going right back to WWE. I think she'll end up there eventually. But right now, she probably wants to prove them long, wrong. So, you know, whether that is just doing the indie thing, going over to Japan and Mexico, or going to AEW for a little while at least, I, I, I would say AEW if it's one of the two for the immediate future, just because of how things have shook out at WWE recently with her. All right, Ben. I would say WWE that she'll eventually be back. I think by, I. Maybe this is wishful thinking by Mania. And look, she because she doesn't need to rush it, right? Like when did when did they get out of there? It was kind of like around May of this year, right? Where things kind of broke down. So she's had a lot of time to kind of do her thing. And and 
in some way, she's kind of outgrown WWE, right? Once you enter the Star Wars universe, <laughs> I don't know. That's a whole other. It's a whole other monster than than WWE fans, right? So she's already there, and obviously she's, she's going to do the New Japan thing, but I feel like she's going to be back in WWE. I think she's going to get the bag. I think all this stuff leaking with how much he's making in New Japan uh, is. It, it's it's a leverage play as it should be. Yep. Yep. For her negotiations with WWE and and, and potentially AEW when she has those conversations. Her her husband works for WWE. I I think there's a comfortability there, um, of of kind of going home. You know what I mean? And and I think at some point it's it's got to be. I I still think she loves wrestling, right? And I I at least I want to believe that. So. I feel like it's going to be WWE and because to Ryan's point, like it could it be AEW, but they sign like they sign people like it's the NBA in freaking <laughs> the mid two thousands. They're like, Hey, six year deal for you. You're like, what <laughs> for that person? They're giving out so, those Timothy Mozgov deals there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if she wants to be locked wait, into that. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. Jeremy mentioned Mozgov. Was that Lakers? Yes, that okay. was the six-year, eighty-four <laughs> that's, that's million dollars deal. Right yeah, I feel like that opened oh. up the free agent mar- free agent uh, period of that year. That was like the first announced deal or something. <laughs> yeah, that, and then I think that was the same summer they signed Luol Dang too. Uh, I, oh, I need you to stop the disrespect of comparing <laughs> Sasha Banks to Timothy Mozgov. I'm just going to need that to happen immediately. This is why she left, by the way, because of people like you. <laughs> so, so I, wa- I wanted to ans- answer John S.'s question. Do we think Sasha's walkout and reported attitude towards the booking prior to that impacted her perceived value or have Charlotte and Becky just carried more in their eyes? Uh, I-, I would say it's probably a little of both. Obviously, Charlotte is seen um at the tippy top because of her lineage because of her pops and also i know charlotte gets a lot of crap i i still think that she's got a lot left uh she she's in her i think she's in her mid-30s by at, at this point but um i, I still really I, there there's been some shaky times for her over the over the last couple years but i still think there's something uh in her she's just so athletic and you know, yep. uh, I think she can, she can, she's, she's still got uh, a couple of good years, some good years left. And Becky is just the ultimate person who, who they want, right? She's a company woman. She's a great character. Um, she is perceived by the fan base as a, an absolute star. And from, from everything I I've heard, she's just a really, really good person too. Uh, and for Sasha. Yeah, she's, probably been a little bit more difficult um and that's not what they want they want someone to be a soldier when they want them to to be a soldier and then when they don't have room for them anymore then they they let them go and that's kind of been how that company has worked and so for sasha um she's bet on herself she's probably done some things that the a lot of the fan base probably sees as uh, negative, right? As walking out, you know, Michael Cole said it on uh, on the show that day that you know, they walked out and they tried to shame them and and everything. And, and that's that's a, that's the playbook, though. They did the same thing when Austin walked out. They did yeah. the same thing when Brock was 
unhappy. Like they just want to bury you so that you will take less. And Sasha was like, sorry, guys, I'm not going to do that. Here's the question that is still unanswered for me. How did she get out of them just not tacking on time to her contract? How is her contract actually up? That's that's sort of the unanswered question. And I know uh, I've talked to Dave about this, and he thinks maybe it's just like, well, I mean, he doesn't know for sure, but he said maybe they just thought that they would be in her good graces and, and they chose that route. Uh, but I, I here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I don't know anything. Um, I, I've, I literally have no idea what's going to happen. But I see this as she's going to play as many sides as humanly possible. She's going to do the stardom thing. I think she's going to possibly do some stuff in AEW. Um, does that mean she's going to sign a contract? I would say no. But then Dragon Lee just signed with WWE based off of him doing a match in AEW uncontracted. So maybe Tony doesn't do that, but maybe Sasha is a big enough star to where he's like, yeah, you know, short deal. You come in for these matches and, and, you know, you, you work Jamie hater or whatever, but I still think eventually her, her time is going to be in WWE. And, and I have one reason why Mercedes Monet or Mercedes Vernado Whatever, whatever her name is going to be outside of WWE does not hit like Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is the single best pro wrestling name WWE has come up with in this era. And her name value as Sasha Banks means way more than her name value as Mercedes. So for good business, I think she works. She works it out with WWE, Triple H, hopefully is going to be amenable to some of the things that she wants to do outside of wrestling where Vince wasn't. It just makes so much more sense to me that she eventually ends up in WWE. But if I was to answer my own question, I think she wrestles in AEW first. That's, that's my answer. Yeah. So, and like I said, I know nothing. I'm just fantasy booking like everybody else. Um, All right. First off, thank you to you three gentlemen. This was a long time coming. So happy that we finally did this back in our Blue Wire pod squad days. And uh, to get Ben back, to get Jeremy back, you know, you guys haven't done your two jabronis podcast in like a couple years now, right? No, uh, Jeremy super kicked me into a barbershop window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I turned on him. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if we can podcast anymore, man. What the hell? <laughs> what was your problem? <laughs> he stand over you and like rip up the blue wire contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he threw a microphone in my face, which I didn't know he had. It was really dramatic. Somewhere KJ was screaming. Super I knew he was going to do that. to Minnesota. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he moved to he moved him and his family to Minnesota. What a jackass! Yeah, I mean, I mean you guys had you guys are great friends, and to see you back on the screen together doing wrestling stuff, it, it, it feels good in, in my heart. And obviously, Ryan, Ryan, you're still doing your thing with Top Rope Nation. Uh, also, right, right. Also, Ryan stayed up super late too. He's on the same yeah, coast yes. as Jeremy. Yes. Yeah. What what is it? Twelve forty over there. Twelve forty. Monsters. And yes. three kids that are, are going to be up early. Yeah, have kids. This is incredible. This is it's a amazing. Superhero performance. It's really right amazing. Uh, but I want to give you all, all three of you, a chance to promote anything or to give your socials out. Whatever you guys want to do in the in these last two minutes here. And Jeremy, we'll start with you. 
Uh, I don't have a show to promote anymore, um, but listen to everybody else's shows on uh, on the screen. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. Um, I still talk a lot of wrestling. I also talk a lot of Arsenal Football Club. So if you're into soccer, um, <laughs> talk to me there. Um, if you try to come at me with Tottenham or any other team, I will disown you. So, um, yeah, follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, you can follow me at Ryan Drosty, D-R-O-S-T-E, the podcast at Top Rope Nation. We've got a YouTube channel. You can subscribe to us there. Obviously, everywhere that podcasts are found. Still write about wrestling, too. You can find me at sescoops.com, and I've been writing features about one per week over at wrestlinginc.com lately as well. So check out the written work there. And you guys have a Patreon at Top Rope Nation as well. Yes, we do. We just did a about a two-and-a-half-hour review a lot of uh, a lot of harsh words on WCW Starcade '97 last night. So oh that wow! Just, uh, yeah, just dropped on our Patreon. <laughs> oh, the anniversary, isn't it? Wait, yeah. and then yeah. and then uh, wasn't Bischoff like doing a show yeah. about that recently? And because I saw night. I saw Meltzer say that uh, Bischoff told him the finish of Hogan Sting a month before that show happened. And then there was like some arguments about who we was talked about the truth. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we talked. To, we we took Eric to task a little bit. Um, I don't know if I've ever sworn that much on a podcast in my life, but since it's behind the paywall, I'm like, it's fine. We're gonna let loose. Me and Kyle were like, we really let him have it on there. I will post a teaser on our main feed, so if you're not a patron, you can hear like 15 minutes of it tomorrow at some point. But yeah, it, it's a great show. We do a lot of bonus content for our Patreon supporters, and uh, yeah, you can check that out. Patreon.com/slash Top Rope Nation. I will say, when we were in Chicago, um, the Conrad crew was doing podcasts in our hotel. That like that whole the whole crew was was there, and I walked into the hotel and I saw this very handsome older man with a crazy ass, um, uh, the silver hair, the suit, the tan. And I was like, wow, that guy's holding court. It was Eric Bischoff. The people, <laughs> the, the, the people love Eric Bischoff, even though he constantly lies. But that's yes. beside the point. Uh, all right, Ben, what's up with you? Yeah, no, follow me at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K uh, on Twitter until Elon eventually <laughs> sinks that ship uh, into the ground. <laughs> And then uh, also on Instagram, if, if if that's that's your flavor as well. And then check out everything we're doing on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Uh, I feel like this audience would appreciate that. We're we're going almost every day at this wow point, uh, Monday through Friday, and uh, we we might have some other stuff cooking in in 2023 over on the Ringer Wrestling Show. So uh, we're uh, we're we're doing it big, but now it's uh, always always a great always a great time. I'm just glad everyone got to see what our group chat. <laughs> yes. this is literally just all up all we do exactly yeah yeah uh yeah i mean i i, I just want to see uh ben uh guest on on more of the ring of wrestling shows um uh, but yeah so i don't have to say anything here everyone uh who f- listens to this show uh really appreciative i wanted to shout out the, the comments though uh the folks who were hanging out in the comments that was a lot of fun i enjoyed Thanks, everybody folks yeah, answer yeah, all you. of the questions that we asked and uh and yeah so happy new year to everybody so for jeremy for ryan and for ben i am double g we'll see you when we see you peace out